Welcome into ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra. Coming up on today's show, did the hiring of Ryan and Nielsen give you a peek into what the Falcons are going to do in the NFL draft? And, you know, I liked what I saw, but hashtag all possessions matter. And last but not least, in for the culture, why are the New York, the city of New York, celebrating the Philadelphia Eagles? That's all coming up next right here on ATL Day Ones. Let's go. This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it starts now. First of all, I want to say thank you for making ATL Day Ones your first listen of the day. And remember, we're free and available wherever you download your podcast. And wherever you download your podcast, make sure you leave us a five-star review. Really appreciate that from you in advance. Today's episode of ATL Day Ones is brought to you by FanDuel, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment their official sportsbook of the NFL team. When you think about the hire of Ryan Nielsen, and there are some things that you kind of have to go through and and think about basically overhauling this entire defense. Mm-hmm. When you look at this hire, do you feel like this is something that the Atlanta Falcons are doing? Because if I can use my, one of my terms, they're going to start showing some tender love and care in free agency and in the draft on the defense I side. I certainly hope so. I certainly hope so. When, Like you said, the offense – really is set and the offense has been set for some years whether that was the dan quinn era or now the arthur smith era right you have what you right. need in tyler algier so your run game is straight with cordero patterson that's a nice little one-two punch same thing with your wide receiver slash tight end core your o-line has come together and you have a solid qb whether you want to admit it or not <laughs> right. so the question becomes where does the attention or where should the attention be for both free agency and the draft? It's defense, 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 and you need a defensive coordinator. So why not go out and get a guy who has, I, I like to call him the pass whisperer, the pass rush whisperer. Why not go out mm-hmm. and get a guy who can really take guys to the next level? And so, yeah, I really feel like this is one of those situations where getting Ryan Nielsen, going after him, and more importantly, Jarvis, solidifying him at this point is important because right now you know you're at the Senior Bowl practices, and this is that season, right? You have the NFLPA All-Star Bowl. You've got the East-West Shrine Bowl coming up, and, of course, you have the Senior Bowl. Guess where Ryan Nielsen is? He's out west at the East-West Shrine Bowl along with Marquise Williams, Arthur Smith, and a number of other members of the Falcons coaching staff. And I think – Bush is actually uh, over there at the Senior Bowl, which is cool. But the point being, whole lot of guys on. He's at East West Shrine Bowl. He's at East West Shrine Bowl as well. Okay, London. There you go. London is down there. London is down there. There you go. So, Mm -hmm. which makes even my point even stronger. Look where all the defensive guys are. They're all together at that East West Shrine Bowl, getting ready to look at potential prospects. So, yeah, Jarvis, I think that the Nielsen hire, the timing of it, and his background. It makes perfect sense that we would think, aha, we're going to get our wish and get these D guys, these defensive guys. Hashtag Tanitra Munches in full effect. And I thought one of the interesting things that Arthur, Arthur Smith told the athletic, he was saying, quote, I don't care what system you are running. You have to be able to adapt. I was impressed with Nielsen's plan for that. Everybody's got great ideas and plans, but how are you going to implement it? I really liked his plan. Excited about the future and where we go. And for to me, T, I think when you look at 
what he means when he's saying saying that like being able to adapt is saying probably him saying you know what we got some guys that might be on the edge of being able to play a three down um defensive four three defensive end versus playing an outside edge rusher type guy and mm -hmm. i know that you know arthur smith has been very adamant about that not really mattering because you're not in your base formations Right. Um, that that often, mm -hmm. um, when you're talking about you, most of the time you're going to be in nickel, and those guys are going to turn mm -hmm. into defensive ends anyway from an yes. outside standpoint. But I do believe that when you talk about a guy like Arnold Ebby Katie, what does mm -hmm. that mean for him? Can he be a three down um, guy in it with his hand in the dirt? I think that matters, like specifically. Mm -hmm. So I think being able to adapt, yeah, uh, Ryan Nielsen saying, okay. What, what what are your ideas when it comes to what is your plan for this guy? Or what is your mm -hmm. plan for this guy? Is Richie Grant a guy you're going to think about moving yeah. to strong safety, move him in the box, and then go out and go in free agency and go get a free safety? Mm -hmm. um, so those are some of the things that I feel like and I, I thought it was really, really key in when he talked about being able to adapt. I think uh, Nielsen's going to have some – there's going to be some adaptation with him. And also Terry Fontenot is going – he's going to have to adapt as well. And I think that when you look at – uh, with Nielsen coming in and being able to adapt with the personnel that's already on the field and, and what they're going to bring in, do you think this is the possibility that they may go pass rusher at eight? Now, you know, I would be like a kid in the candy store, candy store if that happens. But T, do you see that possibly coming, coming to fruition? I really, really do. And a couple of other things that we got some great nuggets from my guy, Ross Jackson, he of Locked On Saints. I asked the question about two things. Number one, uh, whether or not that would be a challenge that, that you mentioned, uh, the current four three base that you know the Falcons really only line up in every so often, and then the three four that the Saints line up in. But Ross made a great point. We know that the Falcons have been operating in hybrid the last couple of seasons anyway. Dean P's always right. used that hybrid. Well, so did yes. the Saints. So I think that's mm -hmm. going to make for an easy acclimation and adaptability. I think the other piece there is this, and it's kind of piggybacking on what you said about the likes of Richie Grant and Arnold Ebikati, some of your young guns, and whether or not there's the ability to move them around. I also think that there are some guys that are right on the cusp. When you and I have spoken about the veterans that the Falcons will potentially keep, is there some mm -hmm. room and some space and the ability, the room and space for Casey Edwards, whom we didn't see because unfortunately he went down so early in the season. Mm -hmm. Also, uh, Rashawn Evans, who really, really started to turn it up in the end of the season. And Lorenzo Carter, who I don't think everybody's ready to give up on him because he showed flashes and people are still kind of encouraged by the flashes. So right. I also think adaptability is looking at the veterans that you might have in place and saying, hmm, is there any way that I can get them to adapt to the new system and really, really see those guys flourish? Yeah, I, I think that's going to be the key, right? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, evaluating what you already have and then mm -hmm. once you figure out what you have and what you want to keep, then right. you start moving towards free agency and then into the NFL draft. But like you said, like I said, T, if the Atlanta Falcons figure out a way and come to, come to understand who the creator is and, and say, hey, <laughs> we need some, we need we need an edge rusher. We need somebody that can put this quarterback down. I, I think I will be so happy. I know you will be happy as well. Now and check we that so that Casey Edwards is happy with me. Casey Edwards is a great musical composer. Of course, I was talking about my boy Casey Hayward. Casey Hayward. But yeah, I gotta yeah. make sure that you, you know, <laughs> we, we love look, we love our DBs and 
as, as much as we love, we love our secondary as much as we love anybody else. So just want to make sure I correct that, check that up for Casey. Yeah, and then there's some there's some rumor in the new window that he may or may not retire. So that is definitely something to keep mm-hmm. an eye on yeah. as we get closer because we know that having a veteran um, basically pencil in as a, mm-hmm. as your starter on the other side of mm-hmm. AJ Terrell versus yeah. having to go out and draft a guy potentially True. to come in and start. Those are two totally different situations. Uh, speaking of situations, how about this? You know. Atlanta Hawks took an L last night. We're gonna coming up next. We're gonna talk about why is it so hard for these dudes to get a win. But before we do that, I want to talk to you about FanDuel.com. How about that? The NFL playoffs are here, guys. The Super Bowl is right around the corner. It is a little bit less than a week and a half away right now, and we're really excited right here because Locked On it has this new sports betting partner. Guess what? It's FanDuel. How about this? For all you new customers, if you're trying to figure out a way to win some money, how about this? New customers, join today to get started with $150 in free bets. And, and it's guaranteed. It's guaranteed. As soon as you do drop that $5 deposit, all you got to do is pay, drop a $5 bet, and you're going to get $150. Just sign up at fanduel.com slash locked on. You're trying to figure out, is um, Patrick Mahomes going to be able to – um, get that, get this, use the Superman juice in order to be able to come out and, and, and pull it out? Or is Jalen Hurts going to have the game of his life? If you want to look at over-unders and odds and lines, FanDuel got everything you need right there. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to uh, FanDuel.com slash locked on. Drop that $5 bet. You're going to get $150 in free bets. All you have to do, FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Official, official. And official, official is A.J. Griffin. He is going to be in the Rising Stars competition for the Hawks. And I couldn't be more excited because, <laughs> know, right? because the NBA acknowledges him. And the reason I mentioned that, Jarvis, is because if the association can see the potential in who this guy is, it begs the right. question that we're going to ask in a few minutes about why maybe locally he's not getting the full attention that Man. he deserves. But we'll talk about it in a second. My first thought, Jarvis, when I look back at last night's game, which, of course, is the first of a five-game road trip for the Hawks, starts in Portland, ends in New Orleans. Here's the thing. In football, we talk about the fact that it's a game of inches, Right. And we saw that very thing play itself out in the Sunday night game between the Chiefs and Bengals, because if not pretty much for that unnecessary roughness call, you're talking about a 60-yarder versus a 48-yarder for Harrison Bucker. End of story. The reason I bring that up is this. That's a game of inches. This is a game of possessions when we talk about basketball. 129 to 125. That's a four-point margin. And Jarvis, let me give the Hawks their credit. Because they deserve credit for out-rebounding the Blazers. They deserve credit for dominating in the paint, getting the second-chance opportunities. And I was listening to it last night. It was exciting because I'm thinking, wow, they're battling. They're battling under the basket. Nice night even from beyond the arc. A very good 43.3% from the arc. However, two things. One is basic. Got to make your free throws. If you get 30 of them, Got to make more than 24 because that's six, those six points you left on the table could have gotten you a dub. And right. you can't afford 
to once again let the other team have 48% from beyond the arc and especially let the guy who's been killing you all night go and kill you and put the dagger in at the end of the night, which was Anthony Simons. That said, I feel like we're back to that same question about possessions. Why is it so hard for the Hawks to close out game in and game out? We'll see flashes of them closing out. But why? Why? Why can't they just close out every game? Wow. Yeah. That's the thing with this team, right? Like, that's the frustrating aspect of it. When you yes. think about what they what they bring to the table, because like mm-hmm. I said, on a nightly basis, we're talking about them, you know, competing. And and, and I know we talk about this a little bit but without their star player, you know, Trey and Trey Young. But mm-hmm. just from a like you look at the second chance points, 21 to three. Like, like that is such a wide margin. Like how it's almost like how in the world were they able to win this game? And when you give up 19 three-point shots made by, by by Portland and you let Damon Lillard, you know, look like the old Damon Lillard, you know, I know he's a young player, but he, he's definitely not the guy that he used to be um, when he was setting the league on fire coming in um, mm-hmm. with uh, he and C.J. McCollum was out there rocking in Portland. But now you, it, it's like the things that we've asked them to do yeah. is, is rebound, second-chance mm-hmm. points, close out. And it's still not working. It's just yeah. something, just always something, one extra thing that they, they're not be able to accomplish, mm-hmm. and they end up losing games. And, and it is so frustrating because yeah. guess what? When they play again uh, on Wednesday night, mm-hmm. you you look at you can look at it from a standpoint, and they might mess around and get out-rebounded by 30, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and end up um, um, closing out and not allowing a high shooting percentage from three-point line. And mm-hmm. it's still mess around and lose the game. So it's just like, yeah. like if y'all can be consistently, you know, y'all can be inconsistent in, in one area, at least stay mm-hmm. inconsistent in that one area and yeah. work on everything else and stay consistent with that. You can't be inconsistent yeah. with everything every night. And, and that's what I think we're starting to see with this team um, as we're a little bit over halfway through the season. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. No, of course, Trey Young was out. He was dealing with right ankle soreness. That's been something that's been kind of lingering on and off the entire season. And you could ask the question legitimately, if Trey Young had played, would they have won the game? I'm going to go with no, because DJ Mm. played lights out. When he gives you 40, you can't ask much more from, exactly, you cannot ask much more from DeJounte Murray, but you also have to give a lot of credit to Bogdan Bogdanovich because he gave you 23. And A.J. Griffin gave you 13. And the bench mob, which has been quiet in in a lot of spates this season, gave you 46 points. So you got actually what you needed on offense with the exception, with the exception of what you did at the free throw line. But I got to lay this at the feet of defense. I got to lay this at the feet of the inconsistency there, because when you look back at that play, which wasn't the final, final play of the game, but it was pretty much the dagger, about Mm -hmm. 27 seconds left. DJ was where DJ was supposed to be to be able to defend that play. But that was a moment Mm. where if people would have been where they were supposed to be, John Collins, for help defense, then that three would have never happened. Or at least, Jarvis, it would have been contested to the point where if you're going to make a basket, it's going to be because maybe you get the second chance points, Blazers. You kick it back out and somebody shoots. But again, I don't think it was about Trey being there or not being there because DJ gave you a game. I mean... Yep. Even seven rebounds, yep. you know, a couple steals. I mean, he gave you a complete game. What you needed was a closeout. But 
you could you may say otherwise because admittedly I will give Trey credit for the last several weeks of getting his defense in get, you know up improving it so I'll maybe you you disagree or maybe you think otherwise but I mean do you think it mattered I, I I think it mattered from just from, from the standpoint not necessarily from the production from a point guard position right because we got that plus what all you can ask for, you know, DeJounte, I wouldn't ask DeJounte to do any more than what he did last night. Right. But the thing that stood out to me on, on that game, you had to ins you inserted Aaron Holiday into the starting lineup. And I'm sitting up here like, OK, like, what's the logic of what's the line of thinking behind this? Because yeah. like maybe, yeah, maybe you may lose some some production off the bench. But my whole thing is you put A.J. Griffin in at the two. You got DeAndre right. Hunter, you got John Collins, and yeah. you have uh, um, Clint Capella. And you still yes. have Bo coming off the bench who had a really solid night as well. So I'm thinking really? like, yeah. like when you have when you have your starting rotation, yeah. a guy with three points, like that is yeah, that can't That's happen. That's unacceptable. And yeah. you can tell he's he was out of place being in that starting lineup, T. So no That's question. why I kind of questioned the whole rotation piece, right? Like you only right. you had a you went a nine nine guys last night, mm -hmm. and, and and I think and then you started a guy that I questioned in in, in Aaron Holiday. Mm -hmm. Like Aaron Holiday is a bench player. Yes, like there's like, there's that's no who he, is. he can spot star. That's who he is, no. and that's how he functions. Yeah, second unit, not the mm -hmm. starting unit. He, no, he's get he's lost. He's lost in that starting unit. Exactly. He's only works well when he has the ball in his hands and he can be able to create. Yeah. And move around and, and hit some open three-point shots. Yeah, but yeah, I, 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 I wholeheartedly like now. Only reason and the only reason that I say that they missed Trey mm -hmm. was because of Nate McMillan deciding to start Aaron Holiday at the at the two position last night. Right, and, and granted, I hate, I hate to say that. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, it, right, and granted, he didn't. He started him, but he didn't give him a whole lot of minutes. He did at least recognize like. 15 minutes is more than enough for him, right? Whereas you do That means he it. made a mistake, T. It, <laughs> no, it does, but, but, but when you make a mistake, shouldn't you course correct? So he did yeah, course correct absolutely, at least. Absolutely. He did Agreed. course correct yes. on that one. Right. Now, I gave him credit for that, but I'm going to take the credit right back from Nate because what Coach <laughs> Nate failed to do is give A.J. Griffin more than 21 minutes. Now, that to me is a problem because to your point, right. AJ Griffin is that unicorn. We talk about Kyle Pitts being a unicorn for the Falcons, right? Well, AJ Griffin right. is a bit of a unicorn for the Hawks because you can play him at the two, three or four and be quite fine. And while you probably don't want to overplay bogey in a starting position, yeah. let's not mm -hmm. act like you can't start bogey. I mean, you yeah. gave, and, and, and if he was worth 32 minutes, then he was worth the start. So I think yes. for me, Jarvis, you, you hit the most glaring one of the rotational questions from last night, but you could actually look across the board and scratch your head. And the reason it's important yeah. is this. Now, the good news is Landry Fields was on John and Hugh, the morning show at 92.9, the game this morning. And he did okay. say that he does not expect the right ankle soreness to be a lingering issue for Trey that will keep him out of the game tomorrow night. Of course, they take on the sun. So that's, that's very encouraging mm -hmm. if the GM says that. So that should yes. not be an issue. But Jarvis, I would still look down the line and I'm going to be looking at the box score tomorrow, looking to see what the rest of the rotation looks like in terms of minutes and where you're rotating, who you're rotating, how you're playing that bench unit, et cetera. Because if you want to walk away from this road trip with 
ultimately a winning record of three and two, then you definitely have to get the rotations right. Look at what the rotations are for that other team and then play the right game of chess to get to where you need to be. Now, speaking of chess, I know for the next week and a half or so, everyone's going to be talking ad nauseum about the chess match that is the Super Bowl or the Kelsey Bowl or the Big Red Bowl, whatever it is that you want to call it. But they'll be talking about it on Locked On Sports today as well. They're going to give you guys instant reaction. Hey, wonder if they know a little bit about A.J. Griffin and what he's able to do and giving you reaction about the rising stars that are going to be a part of that experience for All-Star Weekend for the NBA. Check them out where you check us out. You know where to go, YouTube or wherever you download your podcast. So after you check out ATL Day Ones, don't forget Locked On Sports today because just like you guys love our For the Culture, which is coming up next, you love their take of the day. So check out Locked On Sports today. You won't be disappointed. Locked On Sports Atlanta family, listen up. I got something really special for you. We are on our way to 6,000 subscribers. How about that? On YouTube. And make sure you guys go to the YouTube channel. If you haven't subscribed just yet, go to the YouTube channel, drop in the Locked On Sports Atlanta search in the search box, and we'll pop right up. Hit that subscribe button. Make sure you hit that bell and turn those notifications on. We are rocking and rolling. We really appreciate you guys in advance for that. Now, T, this is for the culture. It is the intersection between sports, entertainment, the culture, and, you know, sometimes whatever the hell we want to talk about. That's how we get down on this show. Today is no different. How about this one, T? Like, after the Philadelphia Eagles clinched to go to the Super Bowl, <laughs> went to New York. If you looked in New York, yeah, like that was easy. Look in New York at the Empire State Building, T. It was lit up green. Yeah. Like, they lit up the New York. Like, the Empire State Building is in New York. And it's, it was green after the Philadelphia Eagles had clinched to, to go to the Super Bowl, T. Like, am I missing something? Did, like, somebody from Philly build the Empire State Building or, like, are they? Did I miss out on on that history class that day? Because there's some kind of connection from Philadelphia to the Empire State Building. Help me out. Like I'm I'm at a loss on on this one too. Right, and then I think the same thing. Like there are people that go up and down. Don't get me they don't get me wrong. They go up and down the turnpike and they go up and down I-95 for work. I get it. So maybe the guy yeah, who's yeah. responsible for the lights at the Empire State Building is really from Philly. And he's living in South Jersey somewhere. And he takes the train in every single day so that he could go to work and then troll for once in his life. You know what? I'm just going to represent my city. And I'm going to troll the heck out of these New York fans. Because, listen, you New York, no, no pun intended, but New York is really a giant city, right? With the yeah. Jets as their backup team. So at a minimum, yep. you might want to put red and blue up there. But green? I mean... Like, they just smoked the heck out of the Giants. Why would you give them a shout-out? And then, wait, this it gets better. They try to cover it up a little bit later after they started getting flack for it with putting up the, the Kansas City Chiefs uh, colors. And it's like, nah, too late. Too late. That would be, to me, Jarvis, like, if there was something here in Atlanta, and I'll defer to you because, of course, you are the Atlanta native, like, where would we see black and gold anywhere in this city if the Saints were going to the Super Bowl and it would be okay, or would actually make you feel some type of way. Like T, like that would be the ultimate 
like disrespect like right you know you know the new orleans you know they'll drop a 28-3 banner or something or fly it across the stadium or something like that you know okay that's petty but like (laughs) if they were to somehow figure out a way if they were to somehow figure out a way to be good again because you know ever since drew Brees, like they kind of just disappeared and fallen off the map um, along with the Falcons as well. Uh, <laughs> but if they were somehow way to figure out a way to to start get some black and gold anywhere near the city T, right. trust me, your boy will lose it that day. That'll be yeah. the day that I lose it. And, and you know what I don't know I what I'll do, but I know right. I'll lose it. <laughs> and you know what I thought about Jarvis being a someone who's not from the city, but I can remember traveling into the city for the very first time and seeing the so so deaf billboard that I'd always seen in videos and heard about. Always, if that yeah. billboard somehow was lit up black and gold, I know you guys, as my mom would say, old school folks, cut the fool. Like, I know you guys would act a completely whole out. And it's, it's, right. <laughs> it's the same thing in New Orleans, like where, you know, the interstate and some of the main highways come through, of course, is our Superdome. That's like one of the biggest things that you can see in the city. I wish, I know my people wish. I wish you would have some red and black because, you know, they light up the, the Superdome in different colors. Like right now, it's lit up in Mardi Gras mm-hmm. colors. Yeah. If you turned a corner on 10 and saw black and red, somebody would not make it home that night. Somebody <laughs> would not make it home that night. So, yeah, Jarvis, when I saw that, one, I was like, I got to ask Jarvis about this foolishness because oh, yeah. this you can't make this make sense. You can't. Yeah, like like that is that's one of those those things where like somebody probably needs to be fired. I'm sorry. Like, like yeah, that's that's just disrespectful. See, like, like you're celebrating your division rival. And I saw something on Twitter the other day, and people were losing their minds when uh, Michael Parsons kind of gave Elaine uh, Johnson some, a little oh, shout yeah. out. Like, yeah, man, go represent for the division. And I was like, I as much as I love Michael Parsons, like, right. I, I think for social media, the unreal world that it is. You probably should have doggone just text a man like, "Hey man, yeah. good luck to you." Like, yeah, but that's some that's not something you tweet. Sorry, I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> you just don't do it like that. But uh, yeah. what I what I what I do appreciate what you do need to do is uh keep listening to ATL Day Ones and making it your first listen of the day. How about this? Why don't you make Locked On Sports today your second listen of the day? They have all the top news, the big stories of the day. They even have take of the day, and guess what? You can find it wherever you found, download this podcast. Go ahead and do it right now. Locked on Sports Today is where you need to be. And last but not least, folks, um, before we get out of here, definitely going to talk a lot of Senior Bowl next I mean, on tomorrow. We're going to yeah. download on day one takeaways. So make sure you okay. guys come back for tomorrow. And make sure that you share love, show love, and last but not least, and most importantly, Make sure that you spread love. Thank you.